0: Hi, and welcome to Tuesday Talkies, where we discuss items that are affecting you in the music business. Joining me today, we have Sam Tall and The Duke. Uh, If you have any questions during the show, please post them in the chat, and be sure to follow us and sign up at musicindustrycity.com to stay abreast of what's happening around you. So, let's kick this off. Yesterday. IFPI dropped their annual global music report stating the music industry generated $20.2 billion in wholesale revenues, which is an increase of 8.2% from the prior year. They did note that there was a slight downturn of 5.3% physical music revenues, which has been on a decline for years, which is completely understandable. Dropped down to $4.4 billion, but that was offset with the growth in streaming, that generated eleven point four billion dollars last year, which is twenty-two percent year-over-year growth. So those are looking good. Um, paid streaming accounts; those are on the rise. They rose to three hundred forty-one million subscribers, which is up thirty-three point five percent. That is looking good. Uh, with those streaming numbers looking good, though, there is a caution to heed. The total worldwide take was eleven point four billion. Granted, that was up by two point two billion year-over-year. The issue or the concern, we could say, is that those 2.2 billion has been the magic number in year-over-year growth since 2017. So it's not we're not getting that extra kick each year. It's kind of flattened out. But you know, we'll see like what the future's gonna bring, especially with what's happening right now with how with you know the lockdowns, the quarantines. And how streaming consumption consumption has changed. So you know, 2020 is going to have an asterisk next to it when we look back in all of the history books. And it'll be very interesting to see what Q2 of this year and what Q3, and as we start opening back up and people are going back to work, what's that? How is that going to affect overall revenue? So uh, and streaming consumption. So with me now is Sam Tall on his take on the latest report, Sam. Hey, Peter. Uh,
1: You know, I I think it's a really positive sign. It's the kind of thing that I expected, you know, being relatively younger, being relatively native to streaming. Um, When I started in the music business, Spotify was like first kind of like getting ready to launch and then initially launching in the US. And so it's been almost 10 years of, of Spotify in the US. And just knowing that user experience so well, it's no... No wonder to me that this has seen such uptake. And with the really rapid, I mean, yeah, they can say that like there's slowing growth in streaming, but it's because it's reaching a mass adoption. You're not gonna grow 30% every year forever. It's impossible. But we're seeing the same kind of like rapid expansion of that segment of the overall overall revenue pie that we saw when with the introduction of CDs and the waning of tapes, right? So the adoption's really fast. Hopefully, we don't see a balloon period like we did with CDs. Hopefully, we can actually see sustained revenue because it's monthly subscriptions or other kind of subscription models that are uh, recurring as opposed to uh, individual purchases. Um, I I think this is the thing that is going to buffer us from future impact. But I did see some criticism of this, and I don't get how it's warranted.
0: Which What what was it that you were seeing?
1: So, I mean, of of course, there's still every detractor that can say, oh, streaming doesn't pay. Well, evidently, streaming pays a hell of a lot and somebody else in the pipeline isn't paying. But so I I also saw this piece of news that Tim Westergren, who founded Pandora, or I guess co-founded, he was recently CEO and then left Pandora um, after... Uh, you know the company really started slipping and he's launching a new platform called sessions and sessions is a sort of like audio live stream platform that's engineered less to be like a passive live streaming thing which i think twitch kind of falls in that realm to some degree and more like you know in his terms sort of this like asian live stream model where the the platform isn't even built around streaming it's built around commerce and engagement actions that cost money
2: and and streaming
1: is just the Say that? If the gamifications. The gamification like, of the live the stream, thing the, out the, of the commercialization, the transactionalization. And I like that. I get it. But his sort of argument here is streaming, premium streaming subscriptions are slowing down artistry and industrial growth. And I just, I can't square that. I don't know how to make sense of that.
0: It's interesting. I mean, going back to, and I, I saw you know, the article that you uh, sent me, uh, you know, for, uh, from Fast Company about uh, Tim, I mean, he co-founder, he's, uh, you know, founded uh, Pandora in 2006. And, you know, one of the quotes that was really interesting about it when he was talking about, because if we remember that he was CEO, then he stepped away, and then it was brought back in. And at that time, it was that is the the Steve Jobs returns to Apple kind of kind of right? Feeling. Like he's
1: really smart. I've I've met him at like one time and I've seen him speak on a panel. Like he's really, really smart and he's a very nice guy. And I just don't get what he's talking about.
0: Now. Well, well, here's the one well, here's the one quote from, from that article. And he said, When I founded Pandora, the purpose of it was to build a discovery engine for lesser known musicians. I wouldn't say we lost our way but we got sucked into the music industrial complex vortex. So what is going to prevent sessions? I I already look at this as saying like, okay, another streaming platform. Yeah. Great. Built for emerging fledgling artists to be able to generate more revenue. What's going to stop that from the 1% of the artists already out there from jumping on that platform and taking all the attention away and bringing all their fans with them? I mean, like, can, can if, you block them? Is, is that something like there's platforms that say you have to be a certain level to be on this platform? Well, what if there is, if you're at a certain level, you're not allowed to be on this platform?
1: <laughs> I just, well, first off, I don't think that's a sustainable business model. I don't think you can, you can build a really strong and, and worthwhile business by kicking off your most valuable users. Um, but I mean, if you look at, you know, your Twitch you know, or your mixer or your caffeine or other, you know, the, the live streaming platforms that are focused around gaming, mm-hmm. right? Those are dominated by superstar streamers who get thousands, if not tens of thousands of concurrent viewers, which is a really strong pull. And over the course of a stream being multiple hours, if not a full day. Uh, and then with the archive playback, we're talking millions and millions of views in you know, unique viewers on these live streams. Um, that's not the case for most people on those platforms. Mm-hmm. The case is tens, maybe hundreds is good performance over a longer stream. And yeah, you can turn that into a modest income. And that's not a bad thing. We definitely need a robust middle class of creators so that the, the job of creating can, can be sustained. But to, to suggest that like, oh, this is going to be an audio platform for live streams for independent, newly discovered, brilliant, passionate artists. It's like, yeah, well, every platform is that. Every platform is for that. So I don't get like why this is different and also why it has to be contrarian with premium streaming.
0: Right. And also, you, you we go back to the 800-pound gorilla that Facebook with messengers now, they've competed in with the Zooms. and yep. The Webex, and also now they're putting together the revenue. You can stream, and you can generate revenue on your live streams. Mm-hmm. So, is it's always like something new, innovative? Facebook is going to take it. Facebooks has the network effect, but you know, looking at the different cuts. So, I, I do want to go back to one thing on the on the platform, though. And sure. it's, is it that it's turning into something like the artist have to now turn to gamification in that sense, because many of these, like the You Nows, the Twitches, mm-hmm. you know, they have all, and so I was looking at this, and I said, similar to the other services, they also have avatars called emojis. Fans can buy virtual gifts for an artist, as well as pay for shout-outs and song requests. So now, now, are you just a performing seal at this point? Yeah, I mean... And artists can also earn money through bonuses based on their weekly rank, which is determined by a gamified point system involving collecting stars and completing missions. What, <laughs> what the hell is this? And Dave, I wanna, I wanna bring up the Duke. Duke, uh, I, come on. Yeah, Duke, uh, really, like,
2: let, let, how, how would this work here, for you? I, like, want, how,
0: I want you to talk about this, like coming from an artist standpoint. Everyone, welcome to Duke. How you doing, sir?
2: Good to be here, I'm uh, good.
0: Glad to have you, always a pleasure. So so tell us like what are your thoughts on like you know there's Instagram there's Twitch there's I mean we can go on and on about the streaming platforms but when i say something like as an artist i can i can sit there and it's like i can you know as well as they art fans can pay for shout outs and song requests and, and you know these are things that a patreon have done like you know support my patreon i'll give you a shout out in my albums or know what pledge music used to do and right. like i'll give you an album i'll give you a, a credit on the album i'll give you a shout out but now it's like we're talking about the week you know they can artists can earn more money through bonuses based on the weekly rank determined by a gamified point system involved in collecting stars so it, mm. is this turning into a beggar thing like oh make sure you hit that star button please 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 what, what, what are your thoughts on this
2: coming from the artist side yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's a two sided because on the artist side it's like if you're not if you're not earning so much as like somebody that's on a Jay-Z level or anywhere in that capacity where you can just make all your own calls, then you're living for the dollars basically, so that it makes sense so you can continue to make art. So you wanna continue to make art so then you're hustling. And if somebody says, Hey man, like shout me out, I'll give you a hundred dollars, it's like easy you know what I mean what's up Timmy shout out to Timmy you know what I'm saying this song's for you bro you know whatever it's like that's just love you know what I'm saying and um but then on the other side it's like you know you you it's like the art side of if art matters you know this is like where the Joni Mitchell type of energy comes in but it's like if art matters then it needs to be untainted by by such things do you know what I'm saying? And and then what is art and all the levels of art? But it also I feel I, I I find it interesting because it's like making a video game out of you know the whole thing. It's like they're making their own video game of a of a streaming thing.
1: I, I worry that that trivializes it and like that, that the making a video game out of it creates a trivial uh, perception of the craft of performing music. As an art form, as opposed to just a sort of song and dance thing, but it, it almost like strikes me as like virtual busking,
2: mm-hmm. where
1: every street corner has a different musician on it. So maybe it's more like a New Orleans kind of busking, but um, I I just don't know that that's like the ideal. I know I know well, for sure from having done it and from, you know, knowing musicians who do it really well, like you, you can make a decent income from busking, especially yeah. in a city like New York or another city that caters to arts and culture. But like, I just don't know that that's like a model
0: for the masses to adopt. There was an app called Busker and I don't know if it's of still around. It was. And it, w- it was Busker and there were a few people that got us, uh, were making some good money on there. And there was, you know, one, one woman like the case study was the, uh, she was out on the Santa Monica Pier. She was doing her thing but she would prep it. So so there's two things here. So she would prep it like, Mm -hmm. hey, talk to you, because she would live stream and just in conversation and say like, oh, if you like tip me or something, then when I do my performance. So there's two things on this about the that shout out thing. Like Patreon was, you know, it was ahead of time. So you planned it. Now it's like, this is almost like an interrupting the performance. It's not necessarily performance. It's a one-on-one conversation meeting engagement. And maybe that's what it's really designed for. It's not designed for this, performance in that sense and Mm -hmm. some people are going to be like hey you know give me a hundred dollars yo send me a hundred dollars i'll shout out your name that's a good thing but at what point then the the detractors also other people is going to say and you mentioned about the art form is they're not giving you're not making money with your music your art your what you've created you're making money by just saying somebody's name instead of playing
2: I feel you on that. You know at the same time it's like I get a message from Riff Raff on Facebook. You know and he's doing some type of thing for artists and stuff. It's like what what is what is all that? You know what I'm saying? It's all it's all the same vibe. You know if it's a game it's a game. Not everybody has to play that game. Not everybody has to be Riff Raff. People can be you know, whatever they want to be. But it's it's an interesting thing to talk about because you're talking about the future and what what is to be, you know, so this is really a visionary conversation. So kudos to everybody involved in this conversation.
0: I like what you said. there. Not everyone has to play the game. And so, yeah, I'm not saying like this is a bad thing. This is a good thing. It's going to be great for some people that are into it. You know, it's influencers. It's, you know, it's, it's spokespeople. You're getting paid, you know, to be a spokesperson for a particular company because, you know, whatever... Sam Waterhouse, TD, you know, worsen TD Waterhouse or pick any model that is whatever. So it's, it's in a similar sense that you're getting paid to be an influencer or to be that public persona and, you know, you're getting paid for, you know, they're not getting paid for their talent. They're getting paid because people are tuning in already right. because of their talent. So now it's mm-hmm. like, here's the tip, here's the engagement. So yeah, it's, it could be different ways and, you know, like, Sam, coming from like a manager standpoint, I mean, do you look yeah. at this and say, you know, to your artist, <clears throat> you you should be looking out for this? And then then what is the manager's cut? <laughs> I mean, I'm not,
1: so I'm, I'm not looking out for this. I, like, I didn't, I don't know anybody who asked for something like this to be made. Uh, I don't know anybody who's like holding their breath for the next great idea from Tim Westergren, founder of Pandora. And I don't think anybody, if you had told them that this is what it would be, they would have believed you. Um, you know, I think everyone's really, really concerned at this point, especially among managers that I talk to frequently about sort of active, engaging forms of entertainment. And what I mean by that is things that are that require a certain amount of focus and and, and participation in terms of mental capacity. So things like video are high engagement and active and lean in, even if you just kind of watch a live stream for 30 minutes and and it's. You know, traditionally speaking, it's lean back. You still have to pay attention and watch because otherwise you're going to miss some facet of it. Whereas music, you can put it on the background and go about your house and let it play and still enjoy it. But you're not sitting there focused, active listening, which is a rare thing uh, since we don't have to worry about getting up and flipping the record over as much anymore. So we don't have to participate in the playing of the music. Um, but we do have to turn on, turn off the TV, activate the live stream, follow the comments. There's a lot of eye candy with visual. Uh, content. So a lot of managers, even for their music clients, are putting a strategy together that focuses around visual uh, productivity and distributing music through a visual medium, as opposed to purely audio, which, you know, in my other work through, you know, the YouTube land and all that kind of stuff, like, that's a very, like, high, like, high consistency audience type
0: that engages with that kind of content you know well, so it's that tiktok it, it's you know now exactly realize, like how do i get on tiktok how do i get my music on tiktok so somebody who's a video star short form video star can put my music in there
1: well so, it's a facet of like not just how do i get my music on tiktok but how do i get a following on tiktok and become a tiktoker and use that as a vehicle and like frankly the uh musicians who get into visual creation have a hard time Finding what their visual voice is, whereas like, you know, kids who are native influencers and like they just like, you know, young, pretty people who build up hundreds of thousands or even millions of followers, and then decide that they want to put out a single or two, like that single performs really well, because they have a built in marketing channel. Mm hmm. Because they have an engaged
0: fan base around a visual medium. So and that's the other thing. Now and to wrap this up, we got, you know, now you have a new platform that you gotta bring your fans over to. So if you don't have their your email addresses, yeah. You can't tell them to where to go because what are you gonna do on Instagram? Go tell them to follow you on sessions and Facebook, go tell them to follow you on sessions. Download yeah. this app,
1: set up an account, maybe
0: yeah. even pay some money. No. Mm-hmm. So all right, thank you, Sam. That that was great. A lot to think about there. I wanna bring up Duke again. Duke, uh, you know, as an artist, you know, we're talking about staying creative during the quarantine and many artists are doing a lot you know, delving into production, doing the live streaming as everybody else is doing, you know, like what, you know, what are your thoughts on like staying creative during the quarantine? Like, what are you doing? You know, some tips that you can give and from your experience and like, you know, how like what you can do it through social media. So what are your thoughts on this?
2: Staying creative um, in quarantine for artists, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you're an artist, then you're going to create, whether it's a quarantine or it's not a quarantine. You know, quarantine is just putting you in your house and locking you away from the outside world. So you're still going to create, you're just going to create different things. You know, it shouldn't be hard for you to create things if you're an artist and if that's what you love to do. You know, quarantine is just going to give you a different color to paint with on the canvas on this one. You know what I'm saying? And or, artists
0: are used to like for uh, you see those memes around. It's like an artist, like a producer, like people during quarantine freaking out. Musicians during quarantines, like yeah, we got because <laughs> we're, still in we're this used dude. to locking ourselves in the basement. So that, like, That's you know, true. what do you, you know? Then looking at social media, what are some of the tips that, like, you know, if you can take that time of you know breaking away from the creativity, the creative pr- creative process, and then saying hey, you know, how am I going to engage my audience better or how am I going to make, make some business connections in social media?
2: Yeah, you know what I feel? I feel like, um, you know, I only went to high school for one year and then I dropped out, but ninth, year, um, ninth grade was a good year. Um, I feel like high school is a thing where it's like you're kind of getting where you are in the scope of like, you know, in the world, like who who are the strong ones, who are the pretty ones, who are the smart ones, the short ones, the tall ones you know, and I feel the same thing about social media. It's like, you know, as you put things out, people are going to find the things that you put out and those will be your fans. Those will be your friends. You know, if you treat them like, it's just like, there's the homie walking down the hallway, like give homie a high five. Like I remember just, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, there was a certain five, but it was like, I gave, I gave daps to everybody because everybody was cool unless they weren't cool. And if they weren't cool, like, you know, you can just translate that to social media. If somebody says something stupid, it's like, Nah, B, we not even responding to that. But everybody else, you know what I'm saying? Those are the homies. And that's how you build the social media thing. You know, treat it like it's the real world because it is the real world. It's just the you know, little square versions of people, you know?
0: I think that's really great because a lot of people are looking at this, you know, with social media and saying, it's like we're in this box and it's like, you feel, it feels plastic. It feels a little inauthentic at times. But when you relate it to like, yo, know, giving that high five and, you know, the high five is not just hitting that like button. It's about engaging because a high five is a physical action. And that way it's like, you know, there's something there. So if you get in their comments, like slide, like slide into their DMs and be like, hey, that was really good stuff right there. Not just like hitting that like, like give them that personal attachment as opposed to just a comment. You hit their DMs, you're like, you're making, you are now building a relationship.
2: Yeah, and you know what else I feel, too, about, about life and just in general, like, you know, shooting your shots and just, like, making your dreams come true. It's like, and I've always loved putting um, quarters in the machines where you get, like, the little toy that comes in the little bubble. You know, you put your quarter in, so that's, like, your chance. And, like, sometimes nothing will come out. No bubbles will come out, no toys. Sometimes two toys will come out. Sometimes one toy will come out. You don't really know what you're going to get, but you're putting yourself in the game. You know, you're you you know you, um, going to miss all the shots that you don't take, so you got to take take your shots, you know. Even the greatest three-point shooters, they miss half the time. You know what I mean?
0: I love it. I love it. I think we, that, we're that we going to wrap up on that because there's two things said throughout today was getting in the game, staying in the game, and shoot the shots. Right there, I think we're going to call it a day. It's a wrap. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Duke. We'll see you next time. Thanks, All right. Peace out, everybody.